Folks, let me give you some friendly advice. Do not be the creative who spends thousands and thousands of your hard-earned dollars on equipment each year without spending one penny on your marketing. If there's ever been a time to rise above the noise and do something just a little bit different to impress your leads and wow your clients, I would say now's that time. And my favorite way to do that is by leveraging print promotion using the photography that I am the most proud of. So our amazing friends at Bay Photo Lab have almost every product that you can think of, from magazines to photo books to promo cards that you can leave behind. And listen, if you just want something to dazzle your office or living space at home with, well, they have options for that too. You can get prints and wall displays from basically every style, from canvas to metal to acrylic. And the best part is you can get 25% off your first time order just by going to bayphoto.com, signing up today. They ship everywhere in the world, folks, and all their products look incredible. So do yourself a favor, start leaving an impact, whether it's for your personal memories at home or for your professional marketing at work. Bay Photo Lab, designed by photographers for photographers. You are listening to Entrepreneurs, a podcast that inspires photographers and visual artists who live their best creative lives. My name is Michael Durr. I am your host and a full-time photographer here to give you some tools so you can build your life in creative self-employment. Beyond that, I get to sit down with an amazing community of creative professionals to talk about process, business, and the lessons that have helped them grow. So let's get to it. Entrepreneur Season 2, kicking off next. All right. Good day to you, my friend. Welcome to Entrepreneurs Episode 65. My name is Michael Durr. I am your host. And if this is your first time tuning into the program, thank you so much for finding us. We are in Season 2. We've got 60-plus episodes down. Hopefully, you enjoy the show. Hopefully, you get something out of the show, either in the form of information or maybe in the form of inspiration. We'll take either which one. And if you happen to fall into either of those categories, just a quick reminder to follow us on our social pages at Entrepreneurs Pod on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're really enjoying the show, any form of review, like, subscription to our channel, sharing the content, really any love that you feel like showing us would be greatly, greatly appreciated. So with that out of the way, I wanted to bring something up that my friend and I were talking about the other day on the phone. And yes, people still do have phone conversations every once in a while. Uh, I don't recall how we got onto this specific topic, but I remember the point that was made by my friend. And he echoed a very popular money narrative that gets often passed around rather casually that we've all heard before, maybe we've even recited before, which is, it takes money to make money. And understandably, that, that statement needs a lot more context. But by and large, in my highly uneducated opinion, because that's all it is, uh, I think people will gravitate to one side of the argument more than the other, right? We're going to either approach opportunities and say, well, let me find a low cost or zero cost alternative because I don't want to spend the money, or we're going to see the opportunity as an investment in our career, an investment in ourselves. Now, despite them being different perspectives, believe it or not, I actually think that both sides of the argument are looking to maximize their return all the same. While one side simply sees the situation for what it might be right now, for instance, being potentially short on cash, the other side sees the potential for what it could turn out to be, and will therefore justify the expense for the long-term gain. Either which way, both sides are calculating ROI in their own different ways based on their perceived level of risk. And if I had to guess, we all vacillate between each side throughout different moments in our lives. We have situations where we play it more conservatively. We have situations where we play it more aggressively. And sometimes, and this is my favorite one of them all, we may not even know that we're in the game in the first place. So I've talked to a lot of students over the last six, seven years, I don't know, who have never actually seen going to college 
as an actual choice of theirs. It was just something they did, like graduating from third grade to fourth grade or fourth grade to fifth grade, whatever. And I was the same way. So I'm not judging. I'm not throwing shade at anybody. I just never saw it as an actual choice. It was just something I did. I went to college. I did not have any conversations that questioned the impact and the size of such an enormous investment. Not with my parents, not with my advisors, not with recent graduates, not with any professionals or teachers. I just went and did it blindly because it just seemed like the natural thing to do. It was just something that everyone supported inherently. Now, I am not anti-college. I loved my time there. I learned a ton. I grew as a person. And uh, more importantly, I developed so many lifelong friendships that mean the world to me. But that being said, at the end of the day, there was only one person responsible for paying off that college tuition. And that person was me. Now, I have no issues paying my dues. In fact, I think it's sort of a rite of passage to me to be able to do so. But I do wish I was more acutely aware of the decisions I was signing off on at the time, because the investment is so big. And even after the life experience that I've garnered over the years, I still don't know what the correct choice was. Should I have gone to school? Should I have bypassed school? Um, Ultimately, it's not really the point. You know, the point I'm trying to make is that it was irresponsible of me to be so ignorant on that matter. Because in the end, I was the one who signed off on a six-figure investment when I didn't know how to play the game. In fact, I didn't even know I was in the game. That's how dumb I was. So that's why I'm posing these questions to you to get you thinking instead of following. Does it, does it take money to make money in whatever situation you find yourself in? How much will the return potentially yield? How long would it take to receive said return? Is it immediately? Is it four years from now? Is it 10 years from now? Is money even the end goal? So when I hear that statement, it takes money to make money, I want to preface first that the statement in a bubble does not verify whether it is a true or false narrative. Everything basically needs context here. So there's no universal truth to this phrase. And likewise, there's no universal myth to it either. From what I've seen, the majority of successful freelancers and entrepreneurs have intuitively known when to be conservative with their money and when to be aggressive with their money. There's a very intelligent understanding of timing, resources, and risk reward. But in this episode, I wanted to speak particularly to the creatives who I know are hanging on to this notion that they can't grow because they don't have the money to make it grow. You know, the thought is, well, the reason why I'm not growing is because I have outdated gear. I've got a cheap website. I've got no funds for business coaching. I've got no college education, whatever it might be. I just need more chips at the table. Now, I believe that there is some truth to the law of attraction, that money can beget money, particularly when it comes to leveraging compound interest. The math just works. But outside of that, I actually view this statement having potentially more downside than upside when it comes to following it as a core value. And there are a few reasons why I believe this. The first reason is that if you abide by the philosophy that money is the only thing that can make more money, then it limits your belief system that you can accomplish what you want to accomplish when you're broke or poor. And the last thing I think you should have as any form of freelancer, any form of aspiring entrepreneur, is a belief system that the game is stacked against you, that because you don't have the resources, you can't move up. That mentality limits your ingenuity. It limits your vision. It it gives you a built-in excuse. Well, I never made it because I didn't have the cash. I wasn't born with a silver spoon. And I understand. I've been broke before. I get the sense of relief blaming other parties, blaming other factors for not surging ahead. It's very comforting to look at someone else's situation and saying, well, it must be nice being born in that family. But that sense of comfort is very misleading. It's only going to let us off the hook momentarily. It doesn't solve the issue. So this is not a mindset that you want to build. These are not habits to fall back on when things get tough. And one of my favorite sayings, and I know I have a lot of them, but this one rings true to me, is tough times don't last, but tough people do. 
Now, I say that with all the respect in the world to those who are going through severe depression, to those who have circumstances far worse than mine or what I can imagine. I, I don't mean to diminish anyone's struggles by telling you to just callously buck up. Um, I am just hoping that you understand that you have more power than you think by just switching your mental narrative. You don't need money to make moves. You don't need money to make an impression. You just need the belief system that you're in the game regardless of how many chips you have. The second reason why I think it takes money to make money is sort of a false narrative is that it puts an unrealistic perspective on true ROI. Not everything you throw money at is going to yield an immediate return on your investment. That's real talk. Paying for education, paying for marketing, paying for expertise and counsel, paying for networking events. You may not see any form of financial ROI for years. That does not mean it's not a worthy investment. But if you follow the playbook of it takes money to make money, then you may be pressured into demanding quicker ROI than it would normally and realistically take. And if that happens, you look at it as a failure, a waste of money, a waste of time. You say, well, that didn't take, and then you move on. You stop cultivating those resources. You stop marketing. You stop learning. And I briefly glossed over compound interest earlier, and if you don't know what that is, look it up. Maybe I'll do an episode on it one day, but it is a mathematical marvel, particularly when it comes to finances. But I also believe that compound interest applies to habits as well. Learning compounds. Asking questions compounds. Reaching out to people compounds. Hitting the pavement compounds. Just because the ROI is not there monetarily does not mean it has been for nothing. Sweat equity is given the cold shoulder in this day and age. Everyone is looking for a shortcut. I get it. Trust me, the older I get, the less patient I get because I don't have as much time as I did in my early 20s. But I don't see the grind as a bad thing. It gives me the expertise. It gives me the perspective. It gives me the leverage that I'm going to need down the road. Not all investments yield an immediate ROI. So don't be entitled into thinking that they have to or should just because you threw some money at it. This race that we're all in is much more like a marathon than it is a sprint. And I'm not saying to take it easy to coast or anything like that, but there is a bigger picture here that needs to be seen. Embrace the fact that even if you do put money into your business, it might actually pay off way farther down the line than you expected. The third reason I don't love the concept of it takes money to make money is that it can justify reckless investing. Now, I think having an abundance mindset is ultimately more healthy than having a scarcity mindset, which a lot of savers tend to have. So in a way, I appreciate that level of assertiveness, but don't let it get out of hand. This mentality, if it's not measured, can give someone the green light to make impulse decisions without any reason. Anyone can chalk up a risky investment, whether it's upgrading gear outside of your budget or hiring help without a game plan or locking yourself into advertising that you don't know how to wield to, well, it takes money to make money. But if you don't know what you're doing, if you're not aware of what the risks and rewards are, what your situation actually is beforehand, and what the realistic projection is of that investment, then you can potentially put yourself at major risk. Calculated risks are where you want to live. You may never know the results beforehand, but if you've done the internal computations as best you can, if you've assessed the risk and reward, you'll rarely experience buyer's remorse. So don't fall back on, it takes money to make money as a philosophy, change it to smart money makes money. Because if you don't have the smarts to accompany it, you're not investing, you're gambling. So wrapping up, folks, I don't hate the saying, but I do think it's an incomplete picture. It's not accurate enough to be gospel. It's not accurate enough to follow it to the ends of the earth. So don't tell yourself that you can't achieve your goals because you don't have the money to make you more money. You know, just keep making your art, keep reaching out to people that you want to see it. Trust that process over the promise that money is going to solve all your issues. And when the right opportunity finally does come around to invest into your business, just be calculated. Talk to somebody who understands your business, maybe even understands your finances. So don't be afraid, but don't be foolish. 
Like I said, it takes smart money to make money. So that's going to do it for me today, folks. Thank you for tuning in, supporting the content. Hit the like and subscribe button, please. It takes two seconds. Uh, We are rolling on in season two. I appreciate you all for joining me today. Thanks again, everybody, and I'll see you next week. What's up, entrepreneurs? Thank you for tuning in and making it all the way to the end of the episode. If you enjoyed the content you just listened to, hit subscribe and tune in again next week. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Entrepreneurs Pod for updates, promos, and giveaway contests that we run throughout the year. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out our really cool website, EntrepreneursPod.com. It's a great resource for you to download informational PDFs and booklets, access discount codes from our amazing affiliates, and read what our audience is up to on our community blog. For now, I just want to say thank you for tuning in, supporting the show, and being a part of this journey. This is Michael Durr signing off for now, Entrepreneurs Season 2. Let's go. This episode of Entrepreneurs was brought to you by Bay Photo Lab. First-time orders receive 25% off on any professional photo printing product or service. Yes, I said 25%. Just go to bayphoto.com to browse the amazing selection of gifts, prints, and displays. That's bayphoto.com once again. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.